are easy. And, uh, you know, how many know that Scripture declares it's the simplicity of Christ? Amen? And uh, there's nothing simpler than... than I'm going to do a little bit of review for we dive in it this morning. Than, than what God said in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'll read it to you. It's kind of been our springboard verse. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. And um, that is the simplest and easiest way really to understand everything that's in your life is uh, there's life and there's death, right? And how many know God wants us to choose life? And how many know that, that He is life, right? And uh, you know, how many know this morning when we were in a place of worship that we're, we're partaking of life, right? We're, we're, we're drinking in His Spirit and we're strengthening ourselves and we're, we're partaking of life and... How many know that eternal life is now for the believer, right? If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you have eternal, you have eternal life in you right now. And we want to tap into that, right? And we, want to, we, don't, want, we don't want death. How I many you know sin is death, right? We want to stay away from death. We want to embrace life. And, um, and so, I just like I said, I want to do just a little bit of review here real quick because um, I wasn't here last week. And I, you guys had an amazing time with Grant. And, I'm, and I know it was good, but we just want to do a little bit of review and jump back in. And so, um, how many know that in the garden we know that the death process began, right? That's when death came in. Um, we also found out that death was not God's idea. Uh, death is something that the devil has. Amen? And uh, God is anti-death. And we, we've looked at that for the past couple weeks. God is, uh, the, death is the last enemy that's going to bow its knee to Jesus. There's going to be a day and time come when there will be no more death. And uh, you're, not, you're not going to see death anymore. You're not going to be around death anymore. And uh, how many know that, that death is offensive to your born-again spirit? And death is not just the, the body dying. How many know sickness is a form of death? Right? We, were, we, we, we take a stand against sickness. How many know that even aging is a form of death? How many know when we... Hey Amen. I mean, when we get to heaven, that, um, that we're all going to be young. Amen? We're going to be forever young. You know, God's not old. You know, He's forever young. Jesus will be forever young. Uh, and our redeemed bodies are going to be forever young. And so we, we take a stand against all forms of death. And then death is the final enemy that's going to bow its knee to Jesus. And, uh, and then we also took a look at, at how, um, how many know that sin produces death? Right, and uh, you know now certainly if you're born again, you're, you're living in in a state of forgiveness. But how many know that even as a born again person, that you can make mistakes and step into an action of sin, right? And how many know that that action still brings death, right? I mean, there are there there are people that have died before their time. Um, there there are people who have had their marriages destroyed. They've had their ministries destroyed. Um, there's been all death. Sin still brings death. Now, it's not a that the, sin is not a form of punishment. the The penalty of sin is not a form of punishment that comes from God. But how I many you know when you, when you step in something that's evil, um, it's going to try to tr to get off on you, right? And so we took a look at the wages of sin is death. And so how I many you know the Spirit of God is never going to lead you into a place of sin, right? Why? Because because sin kills. And uh, it, 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 it's a destroyer. And the Bible says that we give no place to the enemy, right? 
And so we, we don't want to open doorways to allow sin to roll up into our lives um, because if we do that, how I many know we're bringing, bringing in death, right? And we don't want that. We don't want death near us, our marriages, our children, um, our jobs, anything, right? I mean, you know, that, that poverty and lack is a form of death, right? And so we, we, wanna, we want to, if death is God's enemy, how I many you know we want death should be our enemy as well? We want to we take a, a strong stance against all forms of death. Now, now I know that it's appointed unto every man uh, to die, and so eventually death happens to most, but how many know there is a group that doesn't die? Hallelujah. It's the people that, that, that are here when he returns. And, uh, and I believe with all of my heart, more and more every day, that the return is, is, is imminent. The King is coming, amen? And so we can be those that don't die. We can change in the twinkling of an eye, amen? That's open to us. And um, that's exciting to me, amen? Because we'll, we'll see Him in the clouds, and then as we see Him, we'll be changed in that moment, and we'll be like Him, right? I mean, you know, that's going to be exciting. That's going to be awesome. There's going to be nothing like it ever, right? And so, um, and so, yes, amen. So sin brings death. And then we know that we're, we're called to reign in life. God wants us to reign in life. God wants life flowing out of you. What does life look like? How I many of you know life is love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness? How I many of you know that's the character of God, right? And, and, and so when we're out in a world that's covered with gross darkness, how many know we're supposed to shine? How do we shine? We shine with that light and that life that's on the inside of us. And, you know, we like when we're at the pool, I mean, I'm just, there's so many opportunities to witness everywhere we go. And, and, and I found one of the ways that really opens the door is just kindness, just being kind. Like we were at the pool the other day, and how many know the pool is a great place to witness to heathen? <laughs> it is, man. And you know, we were surrounded by some folks that weren't necessarily sanctified. And um and and they but but how many know it's not my job to judge their sin? Although how many know sin is wrong? How many know it's my job to shine life? And so while I'm there, I'm doing I'm very conscious of these things, I'm doing little things. Like I'm offering to help them with this, or I'm picking up a bag of chips that they've dropped and I'm handing it to them. And, and how many of they're seeing the way I treat my wife? They're seeing the way I treat my kids. They're seeing the way we treat each other. And as love is flowing in our family, how many of there's a tree of life that's planted there? How many of that life is Jesus Christ? Right? And, and so as that's happening, how many know people that are in darkness are hungry for life? They're hungry for light. Amen? And so, everywhere you are, how I many of you are connected to the vine? Right? I mean, you know, it's not your job to willpower your way into kindness. It's not your job to willpower your way into love. It's not your, will, your job to willpower your way into peace. How I many of you are called to just stay connected? How do you, you just stay connected to the vine? And then the Lord's life flows through you, and then you're a witness to those that are around you, right? What, what would try to separate you when you think that, that, that God is angry with you and you think that God is against you? Yep. Condemnation is a lie out of the pit of hell and, and there is no condemnation for the believer. Right. 
There is no condemnation for the believer. There's no condemnation for the believer. Why? Because all of it was taken and put on the cross of Jesus Christ and condemned in the flesh. And so when you, when you are actively believing that the cross is a success, how many know that you're not going to abide in condemnation? You're going to know that you're loved. You're going to know that you're forgiven. You're going to be enjoying what God has provided. And then out of that place, how many know life is going to flow? And there's going to be love, there's going to be peace, there's going to be joy, there's going to be kindness, there's going to be goodness, right? And then as we're at the pool, and that kindness and that goodness is just flowing towards people, and uh, how many know we want, to see God, we want to see people the way God sees them? How does God see people? How many know God, and, and once again, this is not about taking bad people and making them good. That's not the kingdom. It's not. The kingdom is taking dead people and making them alive. And so when God looks out in the earth and He sees dead people, how many of the dead people are the ones that haven't received Jesus? How many know that all they have to do is receive the outstretched hand of the Son of God and then they can step into eternal life? And so when we're surrounded by all those people and there was plenty of, of stuff, rough, I don't know how to even say it, but, but there was a time in my life when I would have judged those people and thought I was better than them. How many know that's not the call of the church? Now, I'm not here to condone what they were doing. How many know that's not the call of the church? But you know what I am here to do? I'm here to shine the light. Because how many know any of those people at any moment are one decision away from receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And they can receive, and they can receive that life, and so, in order for us to operate in the days ahead, how I many of the, the darkness is gross? It's the nastiest stuff. I, I mean, the, the, the things that are celebrated openly now are, are, are perverted and just despicable. It's gross. And, 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 it, and if you're not careful, the lawlessness will cause your love to grow cold. If you're not careful, the law, I mean, you know that God said in the end times that, that there were, the lawlessness would abound and love would grow cold. Well, folks, if, if people can't find help in the church, in, in believers, then where are they going to get help at? They're certainly not going to get help from New Age. They're certainly not going to get help from psychiatrists. They're certainly not going to get help from the government. How I many know oh, they need help from us? And, and so what we have to do, we have to allow God to develop in us the ability to see beyond people's sin and, and to see them as dead people that need life. You know, when I was a drug addict, when I was an alcoholic, when I was an atheist, when I was a lying, cheating, horrible human being, how many know that God does not love me more now as a preacher than He did then? And, and, and thank God there was a teacher in my school that looked past all my hard exterior to sow the seeds of the Gospel in me so that the kingdom could come forth into my life. And so what I say to you is this, as you see the, the darkness, and I'm just telling you right now, it's probably, it's, the darkness is going to get worse. Okay? And that's okay. I'm, I'm not like trying to prophesy or doom and gloom or anything like that. But how many know the light's going to get brighter too? And how many know the light's going to arise upon you according to Isaiah 60? And people are going to come to the brightness of your rising. What does that look like? I, I, I'm not sure that it's going to look like this revival that has happened in the years past and the days gone. 
I think that God on a daily basis is going to do small, amazing things. God's going to open doors for you to, to witness into people's lives and to speak into people's lives on a daily basis. In Walmart, can I get an amen? At the gas station, can I get an amen? How many of you know, church belongs out there? We come here to get filled up. We come here to get strengthened so that we can keep condemnation off of us, so that we can stay connected to the vine, so that life can flow out of us in the form of love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, temperance, self-control, meekness, all of these things, the character of Jesus. I mean, you know, for far too long, people have focused too much on T-shirts and bumper stickers and pizzazz. I mean, you know, we need the character of Jesus. And there was something about Jesus when He walked the streets that sinners were drawn to Him. How many of sinners are not drawn to self-righteous Christians? I, as, a, as an unbeliever, I avoided Christians like the plague, man. I was like, those are Christians. We have got to stay away from those people because they're just going to try to shut down our fun. But how many of you know Jesus wasn't actually like that because the sinners were drawn to Him? Why? You know why they were drawn to Him? Because in Jesus was life. And that light was the light of men. Now listen, are there people that are going to reject that light? Yes, there are. But how many know it's none of your business whether they accept or reject your, your light? That's not your call. Your, your part is to shine. Can I get an amen? And how many know there, we have brothers and sisters, we have people that are going to be brothers and sisters who are currently consumed in darkness. But how many know there's going to be people that get saved out of that stuff? Can I get an amen? There's people who are going to receive, right? And so... In the midst of that, we have to be careful that the gross darkness and the lawlessness does not shut us down from our assignment in the earth. I'm going to say that a couple more times. We have to be careful that the gross darkness, and it is gross, and the lawlessness does not shut us down from our assignment. What is our assignment? This is the assignment that we all carry. We are ministers of reconciliation. We are called to bring as many into the kingdom that will come before Jesus returns. And so that means that you can't be scared of the darkness. You can't be scared of the lawlessness. Listen, he that is within you is greater than he that's in the world. Yes, sir. He that's within you is greater than he that's in the world. See, the light in you is stronger than the darkness around you. Their darkness can't get off on you. Your light's going to get off on them. They should be running from you, not you running from them. Can I get an amen? But in the midst of us wading out into this world that's filled with, with, with gross darkness, how many know we've got to be careful to be led by God's Spirit so that the enemy can't bring death into our lives in the midst of the ministry that's going on? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know, once again, the Spirit of God is never going to lead you into sin? He's never going to lead you that way. Now, you've received an eternal forgiveness. You've received an eternal pardon. But God is not going to lead you into sin. Why? Because how many know that there are soldiers on God's battlefield that have fallen before their time because they gave place to the enemy in giving place to sin? Y'all tracking me here. Amen? And so I'm telling you right now that God will protect you and God will keep you and God will call you to shine the light and you're called not to be freaked out by the people. Like, like that guy I prayed for recently from New York. 
Like God is working on this guy. Hardcore. And ain't nobody drop F-bombs like this guy that I've ever met in my life. I'm like, I don't know how you can get that many F-bombs in one sentence. Like, it's impressive. Like, you know, he can say one sentence and drop six F-bombs. I mean, it's just like, wow, impressive. He's from New York, you know. And so now, like, and I invited him to a Bible study at our house here recently. Totally freaked him out. Like, he was just like, Jeremiah, I don't know about that. You know, and he's really funny. But you know what I find happening? I'll be working out, and I'll catch him watching me. And, and, and then, then I look over at him, and he's just like, what's happening? The Christ in me. He's, look, he's looking. He's hungry. He's not saved. We talked. And he said, well, he said, he, he said, well, you know I'm Catholic. <laughs> Which is what all the good New York heathens say. You know what I'm saying? I was, oh, okay, you pay for your salvation. Amen. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, but, but how many know there's something inside of us that's not inside of that? And, and so what's happening? God's working on it. But how many know if I would have allowed His language to turn me away from Him and allow me and brought me into a state of judging Him and condemning Him, how many know the outstretched hand of Jesus that's inside of me, that's inside of you, inside of all those that believe? How many know we're all called ministers of reconciliation? How many know He wouldn't make contact with that outstretched hand? How many of Jesus is looking to reach out to every single person that you meet? And you're going to do it in a way that I can't do it, and I'm going to do it in a way that you can't do it. Can I get an amen? Everybody here, you can reach people that nobody else can. You have to know that. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. You can reach people. Amen. Just let the life within you flow. Amen. And so this guy, he's going to get saved. Amen. It's going to happen, and God's working on him. And, uh, but how many know you got to let it happen? Just like these strawberries that were picked. How many know we picked these strawberries from the garden? How many know these are ripe strawberries? Right? But how many know there are strawberries out there that aren't ripe? If I try to force them into ripeness before they come, how many know I will actually keep them from enjoying life? How many know you can't strong arm somebody into salvation? You can't make somebody get saved. You have to let God do the work. And then when it's time, sometimes you sow, sometimes you water, and sometimes you reap. I may never lead this guy to the Lord. I hope so, but I may not. It might be you. It might be somebody else, right? But how many know God's working on them, right? And I, I, just, I feel real strong we have to be careful not to get so grossed out from the darkness that we don't shine. Because every single person in darkness, their sin has been paid for. Every single person in darkness, their sin has been paid for. Every, and here's the thing. Without Jesus, wasn't none of us going to heaven either. Can I get an oh me, right? How many of you know there's nobody in this room any better than anybody else? There's nobody in here that has more of a right to God than anybody else. How many of you know we are children of God and we're on the same page? Right? And, and so we have to understand that we have, there are many, just like when God spoke to Paul, he spoke to Paul, I think it was, the, it was in Antioch, he said, I have many of my people in this city. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Right? Because Paul got to Antioch and was, I think it was Antioch, it may be Corinth, I don't know. I'm not good at Bible history, but 
But he went to some city and was like, this place is crazy. We got to get out of here. And God talked him into staying. Why? Yes, there was darkness, but how many of the lights greater? Can I get an amen? We have to know. We, 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 so don't allow your heart to grow cold. How does your heart grow cold? Well, one of the ways is you get scared. How many know when you're afraid, who are you thinking about? You. And I'm here to tell you right now, that's not living. That's surviving. You will never be happy if you're the most important thing in your life. Come on! You will never be happy if you're the most important thing in your life. Man, I'm learning this. I'm learning this afresh and anew. I'm happy when I'm serving. I'm happy when I'm serving my family. When I'm serving my, the, my community. Now when I'm driving, and I feel the anger of the world trying to get on me, when I feel the, the, the fear trying to get on me, and I'm out and I'm looking around, it's just like I, I shift out of that, and I'm like, who can I be kind to? Where's the ministry opportunity? When I'm in Kroger, where's the opportunity? And so when I shift out of living for Jeremiah, and I start living... How I many you know Jesus came to serve? He, sees, he serves. He washed their feet. He said, you want to see what greatness is? Let me show you. Sit down. I'm going to wash the dirt out of your toes. That's what greatness is. Come on. Yes, sir. And then, he said, and then he said this, and I love it. He just kind of snuck it in there. He said, happy are you if you do this. How I many you know everybody out there trying to be happy? They all want to be happy, don't they? How are they trying to get happy? I mean, they think a car is going to make them happy. It don't. They think a house is going to make them happy. They think a person is going to make them happy. Have you noticed a person can't make you happy? <laughs> I don't care how awesome they are. They cannot make you happy. They just can't do it. They're not designed to. You are designed with a need for God. And it never goes away. And I don't care what you shove into this. I don't care if it's food. I don't care if it's entertainment or sports or, 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 or a car or a house. And you know, none of those things are evil unto themselves. But here's the thing. They can't make you happy. You know what will make you happy? A, knowing that the Lord loves you. Knowing that He's in you. Knowing that He's for you. And B, letting Him flow through you and serving other people. Amen. And you'll be amazed at what kindness does in opening doors for ministry. The reason that, guy, that New Yorker will even listen to what I have to say is because I spent six months being kind to him before I said a word about, about praying for him. Because I'd ask him how he was doing and ask him how his back was. If someone is complaining to you about their health, it, it's because they, they, they want you to pray for them. They don't know that. If someone's expressing their need, you know what I'm saying? And, and so that, that character and that kindness, it sets the stage for great things. Because there's going to come a time when you've been kind to somebody for three months, and all of a sudden God's going to pull the trigger and say, I want you to, I want you to pray for him. Or I want you to witness to him. But, and, and, and the door will be open in their heart because they know you care about them. Y'all tracking me here. I mean, you know, that's genuine and real. What we want is real. 
Amen? And so, I just encourage you, it's a season. And how many know when you're kind and you're, and you're caring about people, how many know you are automatically different than everyone around you? Have you noticed how mad everybody is? And how angry people are? And how they're just, they're, everybody's just tight and they're so mad. How many know that will kill people? You can't live under that. It's bad for you physically. It's bad for you mentally. How many know at the end of all this, our God wins? We don't, we're, you know, and those, if you've been born again, how many know you win too? Right? The best thing this world can throw at you is put you face to face with Jesus. That's the best they can do. Right? And so, like, what we're in right now is the victory lap. Right? Because the war's been over for 2,000 years. How many know that God stripped the devil? Okay, get an amen. We win. We won. But let's bring as many people with us as we can. And we ain't going to get it done through being mad at them. We're not going to get it done being offended at their gross darkness. What if, when I was a drug addict, all, all, all the experience I ever had was Christians judging me and being angry at me. Why can't you change? What's wrong with you? Don't you care about the people around you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I'm dead! That's what's wrong with me. And I need life. And it's in you. <laughs> Amen? And, and so, if I never experienced the kindness of God in another believer, would I be standing here today? Sometimes I think, how I many you know God's all-powerful? And He's omnipotent. You know the one thing that challenges God, I think, is He's got to work through us. I do. I think that's the one thing. Now, He's still going to get the job done. Can I get an amen? How I many you know He will get the job done with you or without you? The job's getting done. But how I many know you're invited to be a part of it? And, it, and it's cool. And it's fun. You know, I believe that with all of my heart. But like, man, we've got some people that need to know that Jesus died for their sins. Right? Amen. And so in the days ahead, guard your heart from fear and then being offended at the gross darkness. Don't be offended. And I'm not encouraging you to embrace it. Can I get an amen? How many of you know right's right and wrong's wrong? I'm not saying that. But how many know Jesus wasn't offended at Mary's prostitution? He didn't come up to her and say, well, she's just a whore. She's just a prostitute. No, 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 no. He came and he, he extended a hand of salvation to her and she received it. Can I get an amen? How many know Jesus wasn't offended at Peter's anger? How many know Peter was an angry dude? If we watch Peter, Peter gets mad all the time. Peter gets mad at Jesus. Peter rebukes Jesus. He does. And I love that you don't see Jesus just taking Peter and casting him out. He says, no. No, no, no. I'm going to see in you what you don't see in you. How many of you know Jesus saw something in Mary that she couldn't see in herself? How many of you know Jesus saw something in Peter that he couldn't see in himself? And how many know we always talk about how awesome John was because was, John was the beloved. But how many know there was a time when John was filled with selfish ambition? He wanted to sit at the Lord's right hand. 
He also wanted to call down, he also wanted to call down fire on this village. He said, hey, they ain't got room for it. Let's just kill them, God. Let's kill them. Jesus is like, ah, it's not kinda, that's not how we're doing it. You don't know what spirit you are of. We're not looking to kill these people. We're looking to save these people. Can I get an amen? And so the Lord sees things differently than we see things, and we have to see things the way He sees things if we're going to get the job done. Amen? And here's the thing. Everybody here, you encounter people that I'm never going to encounter, that I'm probably never going to see. And those people need the Christ that's in you. And God set the stage for you to share, the, share that with them. Can I get an amen? And so we got to stay connected to life to let life flow so that we can remain in the character of Jesus, which is love, peace, joy, kindness, temperance, self-control, all these things, right? And I'm not saying there's not a time to be angry. How many know there is a righteous indignation? How many know we're to hate evil? Can I get an amen? How many know we are to hate sin? Can I get an amen? We're to hate it, right? You that love the Lord hate evil, right? But there are people like me out there who are drug addicts, alcoholics, crazy people that might just get saved and be preachers before the Lord's return. I think God's going to raise up an 11th hour generation that they're just going to just do awesome things immediately. Why do you think that, Jeremiah? Because God loves to humble the proud. I mean, that's, that's one, if there's one thing, you know, well, I've been in this for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and then someone just got saved like a week ago, and there they are preaching the gospel. How many of y'all God will do that? Yeah, because it's about Him, it's not about us. Can you get an amen? Amen. So let's, let's keep our hearts open to see the way that He sees. Amen? Um, all right, 1 Corinthians 15. Thank you, Lord. And like I said, we're going to, I'm obviously going to shorten what I'm going to say, but I just felt like I had to say that. It's, it's a time for witnessing, man. It's a time for evangelism. It's a time to win the lost. Big time. Big time, big time, big time. And don't be scared. Don't be scared. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 53, it says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. How many know that, that, uh, that we're moving towards a place of immortality? How many know if you've received everlasting life, you are now in everlasting life, Right? And God wants you to live forever. And I mean, you know, God is going to give you a redeemed body that no longer has sickness, no longer has aging, no longer has aches, no longer has pains. Can I get an amen? The immortal body. This mortal must put on immortality with the life of God. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. God has a plan to dethrone death. God doesn't want death on the throne anymore. He wants Jesus on the throne, right? And then I love what he says here. He kind of mocks death a little bit. He says, oh, death, where is your sting? How many of your loved ones who have died and went on and are born again, you're going to see them again? Can I get an amen? They're, they're, there is, they're gone in the sense that you can't see them, but how many know they're more alive than you are? <laughs> there's no pain, there's no aches, and they are living, waiting on you, Right? And so, I love what the Lord says here. He, he kind of mocks death. He says, oh, death, where's your sting? Hades, where's your victory? How I many you know Jesus conquered death, right? And then He wants to bring that same victory into our lives, amen? It says, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know all of this victory over death is going to come through Jesus, right? Now listen, how many of you know in an ultimate sense, death is going to be swallowed up and it's going to be no more? In the new heavens, in the new earth, there's not going to be any death, right? But what I want to, what I want to share with you here quickly today is that God wants death swallowed up in your life on a daily basis. On a day, in your life specifically. How many know in the days ahead the enemy has death planned to try to, put, to try to bring in you? How many know the enemy will try to put sickness against you? How many know the enemy will try to, he'll literally try to kill you, right? He, you know, and, and, and he's got plans of, and how many know sin, once again, sin is death. How many know the enemy has temptation traps ahead? But how many know that the Spirit of God will lead you around those traps? Will lead you around temptation? Will heal your physical body? Amen? Will, 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 the Spirit of God is going to lead you into life. And so what I want to talk about today is how the Spirit of God will swallow up death in you on a daily basis, right? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, how many know, um, and just, just here's an example, right? Let's say that my wife and I are having a disagreement, and, uh, and she's upset, I'm upset. Now, how many know the enemy wants me to not see her in Christ, wants to see her flesh, wants me to see her, her, her carnality or her flesh. And then how many know the enemy wants me to speak out of anger and hurt and offense? Right? To her and my children. Now how many know that that's the enemy trying to bring me into allowing death to come out of my mouth rather than life? Anybody ever been tempted to speak out of anger and to tear someone apart? You know, one of my challenges is in my, in my, in my, as I was raised, my, mom, my mama, God love her, she used to rip me to pieces for hours verbally. She'd be drunk and, you know, and wouldn't even remember anything that she said, but she would corner me and just tear me apart. Now, how many know that wasn't my mama? How many know that was the enemy speaking through my mama? Are y'all tracking me here? But in my track record of my flesh... When we get into a place of disagreement, all that will try to come back on me. To where, how many know your words can wound somebody? To where what would come out of my mouth towards my wife, how many I'm supposed to wash her in the water of the Word? I'm supposed to speak life over her. But because of my past and my past woundings, there have been times when I've said things that would cut her like a knife. Right? Can I be honest with you for a moment? And say... Mean things, right? Now, here's the thing. Here comes anger. Here comes hurt. My childhood. And what's the Spirit of God going to do in that moment? He's going to tell me to shut up. Seriously. You ever had the Lord tell you to shut up? Yeah, I mean, I wish He said it to me like that. He doesn't. What I, what I get is a... Just a... I don't even know how to say it. Just a... Don't say that. Just a, it's not even a verbal thing. It's just a, yeah. And so I have a decision to make. In that moment, the Spirit of God will swallow up that moment of death if I'll listen to Him. 
And instead of speaking death, I'll speak life. I mean, a soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. What, what is it time to do in that moment? Is it time for me to prove how awesome I is and how I'm so right? No. It's time. How many know that if you want to see what strength looks like, strength looks like restraint. Yep. A strong man can control himself by the Spirit of God. If you can't rule your own spirit, then how many know the, the I forget how exactly how it goes in Proverbs, but like, how many know if I can't if I can't let God control me, there's only so many things God can do in my life. Because like he can't trust my mouth. Now listen, I'm not telling you you got to be perfect. How many know when you make a mistake, how many know the blood of Jesus is right there? God's never going to pull back forgiveness, but how many know you can say some things and cause some pain that didn't have to be? If we listen to the Spirit of God, right? And the Spirit of God be like, don't say that, right? And then how many know that if I, if I allow Him, and we're going to look at it in Scripture, to constrain me, then I can speak life. And what can happen is, how many know a Saturday that could have been, that anybody ever had a day where everybody in the family was fighting? Like the whole house, everybody's mad. Kids are mad. Husband and wife's mad. Animals are mad. Even the fish is mad. The fish is in there like. <laughs> you ever had a day like that? How many know the enemy wants days like that for you? But how many know that that if you cannot say what you're going to say and let the Spirit of God bridle your mouth and bridle your tongue, you can keep all that fire from happening and your home can be a place of refuge rather than a place of battle. Amen. Amen. How many know we've all made those mistakes before? And, and God, how many know the blood of Jesus covers all of our mistakes? And how many know God also wants to give us wisdom? How many know wisdom will redeem the time? That's something that keeps coming up in my heart. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. What does redeeming the time look like? It looks like listening to God and doing what He says. Because what He says works. How many know listening to God will save you time? Listening to God will save you an argument. Listening to God will keep life flowing in your house. Right? Amen. Amen. It's just wisdom, man. Anybody ever push back that feeling of don't say that and you went ahead and said it? We all have. And how I many you know once you start saying it, it gets easier to say it? <laughs> and easier and easier and easier. Scripture says it's like trying to hold back your pee after you started peeing. That's literally what it says in, in Proverbs. Talking about strife. It says the letting out of water. How I many of you know once you start peeing, it's hard to stop peeing? Come on, give me an amen. Don't leave me up here. It's in the book. It's in the Scriptures, right? And how many know that once you start arguing and fighting, it's hard to stop? Because what happens is the anger grows and the peace leaves, right? What's more important, being right or living in peace? Right? I talk about the small stuff. I talk about the little stuff like where are the keys? Like who's got my keys? Who took my comb? You know what I'm saying? All that little tiny stuff doesn't mean a lot. It's not worth your peace. And so the Spirit of God will actually lead you to overcome these things. Somebody cut you off in traffic. Somebody cut you off in traffic. How many of you got some options here? See, the Bible's. how many know when you're of a cool spirit, 
See, no one should have the ability to offend you. No one should have the ability to pour anger into your cup. Right? If someone cuts me off in traffic and I get mad and I stay mad, how many you know I've let them pour their anger into my... You ever been around a really angry person and how they can make you mad like that? How many you know it's on them? It's on them. And like, I've had moments, like I can, I've had moments where someone has made me so mad. And the challenging thing about anger is, how many know you can't keep it in one place? If you're mad that someone cuts you off in traffic, how many know then you take that anger home and you share it with your spouse and you share it with your kids and you share it with the people you work with and all of these things? And who's winning in that moment? Is, is life winning or is death winning? Y'all tracking me here. Now I'm, I'm endeavoring to, when someone cuts me off in traffic or does something dumb in traffic, is to not let them pour anger in my cup. Nope, I'm turning my cup upside down. You can't pour anything into me. You're not allowed to. I forgive you. Go in the peace and joy of the Lord. Now, you drive slow in the fast lane, that's a whole different ballgame. The wrath of God's coming down on you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. It says, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. How many know that the law of the Spirit of life is on the inside of you? Can I get an amen? How many know we're no longer under the law of Moses? How many know Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses? Right? But how many know that does not mean that we're lawless? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know there's a, there's a new standard that's been set on the inside of you? It's called the Spirit of God. Come on, give me an amen here. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How many know that the Spirit of God will not only not lead you to not commit adultery, the Spirit of God will lead you to love your spouse? Not only will the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus not lead you not to steal, how many of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus will lead you to give? We're going to go beyond the law of Moses. How many know not only will the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus lead you to not take the Lord's name in vain, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus will actually lead you to praise the Lord. Y'all tracking me here? How many know we're going to go way beyond the law of Moses? Why? Because now, how many know Jesus wants to live life through you? He wants to empower you and to strengthen you. How many know you can't walk in this stuff without God's help? And that was the challenging thing with legalism. They tried to make us do it in our own strength. You're not called to do anything in your own strength. In fact, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness, not in your strength. All you've got to do is say, Lord, I can't do this. He's like, okay, cool. I've been waiting on that. Now let me help you. But until you say, I can't do this, how many of the Lord will let you do it all day long? Yep. He will, you will run around the mountain until you finally let Him take over. And you may have had victory in some areas of your life where you've let the Lord take over, and then you've got some areas where you're still trying to be in control. Right? And He won't take over until you give Him control. Because He won't take control. Not in this life. It's a choice. 
But I have found that I cannot do anything on my own. Nothing. Like nothing. Like nothing. I can't stop eating ice cream on my own. I can't, I can barely tie my shoes on my own. And so here's the great thing about it. I, I know that I'm a failure without Jesus. And I don't stop being a failure without Jesus. So you know what that means? That means that now I can invite Him into every aspect of my life and He can show me how to win. He can show me how to be a good father. He can show me how to be a good son. He can show me how to be a good husband. He can show me how to be a minister that actually cares about you. Not just how much money you give or how often you come to church. Can I get an amen? Actually cares about you. He, he can teach me how to do these things and he'll, he'll live the life through us. But listen, it only comes... How many know that pride is the one thing that frustrates grace? As long as I think I can do it, God said, go ahead. You got it, big boy. But how many know that when I, make the, when I realize that I can't do it, and I enter into that place of humility and dependence on Him? Proverbs chapter 3. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways. All of them. I'm talking from going to the pool to going to the bathroom to going to Walmart. Everything. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and He will direct your path. Amen. What does that look like? Lordship. How many know we got a king? And right now He's letting people choose whether they'll follow Him or not. The day will come when the choice is over and He will be king. We've seen Him as the Lamb. But He's coming as the lion. And I don't say that to bring fear into anybody. I don't say that in a form of judgment. But we have a mighty God. And what people think is strong down here on the planet is nothing. Nothing. You want to see what power is? Look out in the universe a little bit. Supernova and black holes. God's got to use tweezers when He's dealing with earth. God is powerful. He's so powerful. And Him and the devil aren't fighting. They're not equals. Y'all tracking me here. We won 2,000 years ago. This is just how many people will stand in the winner's circle with the king. That's what the remaining battle is about. How many people are going to let him be king? How many people are going to let him be king? The king is coming. Amen. And right now you you have a choice. And what I have found is he is smarter than me. Have y'all found that out? Like, he's smarter than me in everything, right? And so, like, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, how many know that number one thing that's going to lead us is the Scriptures? Can I get an amen? Rightly divided Scriptures. God will never violate His Word. But the second thing God has done is He's placed inside of you His Spirit. And it's the knower. It's the green light, red light. You would be starting to do something, you'd get a, don't do that. That's the Lord. What's the Lord saying? He's saying, don't do that. If you do that, it's going to bring death into your life. I don't want you to have death. I want you to have life. And the better we get to listening to Him here, the more success that we're going to have in life. The more that we're going to reign in life. Now, I'm not saying your life's going to be a bed of roses. There's nowhere in Scripture that it says your life's going to be a bed of roses. In fact, the Lord says you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. How many know down here there's a battle, right? 
But God will lead us if we let Him, right? And then it goes on. If you drop down to verse uh, 13, it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 13, it says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. <clears throat> what does that mean? How I many know that's not a statement that's spoken to unbelievers? That's a statement that's spoken to believers. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? I'm saying this. How I many know if your flesh goes unchecked, you will do dumb stuff? Shoot somebody, eat yourself to death, sleep yourself to death. How many know that as a born-again person, you have a new nature? But there's still that, that splinter in the flesh that's the carnal mind. And how many know we all have the propensity or the ability to act like total idiots? Even as born-again people. And here it says, if you live according to the flesh, you're going to bring death into your life. <clears throat> and God said, I don't want you to do that. I want you to listen to me. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's where I'm talking about in a daily sense, life swallowing up death. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? About to say something to my wife. I'm angry. I'm going to prove how I'm right. Spirit of God down here, don't say that. What's happening? I'm about to have the opportunity by the Spirit to put to death the deeds of the body. And usually, many times, those things come out of a place of pride. Well, I'm right. So I need to, I, 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 I. Jesus is like, ah, you actually don't have an eye anymore. It was crucified with me. With me. And now this life is actually not yours. I know you think it is, but it's not. It's my life. And if you'll let me, I'll live through you and give you the best life you've ever had. But if you try to keep the reins of your life and you try to be the one that runs your life, then you're going to experience more death than what you have to. <clears throat> i got a great Saturday plan for you if you don't act like an idiot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, i got a great day for you if you don't run your mouth. Praise God. Amen. I mean, you know, but, but, but how many you know once you pull the plug on that thing, it's on. And then once that thing's out, it's out. You ever had a dog poop in your house? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I mean, you know, when the poop is in the house, it's all over the house because you smell it, right? How I many you know that sin's the same way? It stinks. It's death. And I know we're talking about like, you know, anger right now, but, but, but how many know there's all kinds of different temptation? There's all kinds of different decisions. And listen, God's not trying to stop your fun. God's trying to keep you away from death. God's not trying to stop your fun. God's trying to keep you away from death. God's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you around this if you listen to me. Now, the cool thing about God is, how many know, even once you've stepped in it, even once you've ran your mouth, how I many he's still going to reroute you and bring you back to a good place? Because he loves you. Amen. And he's that powerful and he's that awesome. How I many know he's able to make all things work together for good? But it says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And then it goes on to say, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
That word sons there is the word weos in the Greek, and it means mature. How many know you're not maturing? And, and certainly there's different stages of maturing. But how many know you're not called to be pastor led? I mean, I'm not called to tell you how to live your life. I'll help you. I'll counsel you. But I'm always going to point you to the one that's in you. Talking about Jesus Christ. How many know you're called to have your own relationship with God? And how many know you're called to hear God for yourself? And we got way too many churches set up in this world where everybody's trying to funnel their relationship through the pastor. And if the pastor is the one telling you what to do and what to give and how to be and who to this and who to that... You don't have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with a pastor. God's not called you to have a relationship with a pastor. I mean, yeah, you can have a relationship with a pastor, but the purpose of the pastor or the leader is to point you to Jesus so you can have your own relationship. <clears throat> because at 3 o'clock in the morning, when you're staring at your phone, I'm not going to be in your back pocket telling you not to click on that. But the Spirit of God will. Yep. The Spirit of God will be like, don't go there. And you can push past it and you can go there. And you're still forgiven and He still loves you. But how I many you know you just touched some death that you didn't need? Y'all tracking me here? And, and so in the church, we need maturity. How does maturity happen? Well, it happens through you having your own relationship with God. You know, with Ethan, you know, Ethan's 16 years old. And slowly he's getting less and less rules, right? Should be. How I many know he has to he has to know how to handle freedom? You know, like, like like last night he was at the fair and I'm ready for bed. Like I'm like, I'm like, I turn into a pumpkin at 10 o'clock, man. It's like I'm just, I don't know. And I'm sleepy, and he's not, I don't think it maybe it wasn't 10, it was like 9:50, 9:45, and I'm like, man, okay. So, but I, I don't want to go to sleep until he's home. But I didn't, he has the, he's in a car and he has freedom. You know why? Because I trust Him. Because I trust Him. Because he's, he, he's, he's maturing and He's learning how to handle that freedom. Right? And right about 10, he, he's not, the door's locked. He knocks on the door. He comes in. He's home. What's, what's happening? How many know I'm teaching Him how to be an adult? I'm not teaching Him how to be a child. Now, how many know we don't take that freedom and give it to Eli? Because he ain't ready for it yet. We sure enough don't give that freedom to Lily. Right? How many know they have less freedom? Why? Because they're not as mature. We have to tell Lily, don't put that in your mouth. Don't put that in your mouth. Like all the time. And she's just like, and she, God love her, she wants to manhandle our flowers. Because she knows we don't like it. And so we'll be sitting out there and she'll see a flower and she'll be like, yeah. and she'll walk over to it and she'll be like, and just smack it and then look over at us, you know. And then even the buds of the flowers on the plant, she wanted to grab them the other day. I was like, Lily, don't touch that. Lily, don't touch that. Lily, don't. And she's like, and she grabs, she's like, and she's just trying to, she's trying to rip it off, you know, and she's trying to just, you know. Now, how many know that I've got to tell her, don't put that in your mouth, don't rip the flower petals off? How many don't have to tell Ethan that? How many know if I were still treating Ethan like that, he would never grow up? Right? How I many you know there are pastors all over this world who are, t who are treating people like they are children with no relationship with God? You can't grow up until you have freedom. And so slowly, there were, 
there won't, I'm not going to tell Ethan what to do at all, eventually. I will suggest to him. But slowly, the parent relationship will change to peer. I'm always going to be his dad. But how many know if I've done my job right, he'll be able to hear God for himself. And not depend on my relationship with the Lord. Y'all tracking me here. <clears throat> and so, this passage, they that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, these are the daughters of God, these are the matured of God. How many know you need to hear God for you? And here's the thing, man. This, thing, this, this is something we have to understand. We want to hear God in the big stuff, don't we? Who do I marry? Where do I work? Do I get on this plane? All that. And we want to hear God on that stuff, right? But here's the thing. If you listen to God in the little stuff, it's easier to hear Him in the big stuff. And I tell you what, the more you follow Him, the harder it gets to disobey Him. You know what He did to me here recently? Because I'm really, I'm really trying, I want this in my life. How I many you know in the day and times where we live in dangerous times? You need to hear God about everything you do. Amen. How I many of there may come a time when God be like, don't go to that supermarket. Go to a different one. How I many of this is a crazy time we're living in? We need to hear God about everything. God said, don't, you know, me and Brian were talking about, he was talking about driving Uber in Cincinnati the other day, and, and the Spirit of God was like, don't go. Like, don't go. Because there, there was danger for him there. How I many of God wants to set you free from danger? How many of God wants to set you free from financial danger? How many of God wants to set you free from all danger? He wants you to hear Him, right? Well, one of the things that I do with my workout stuff is I take this <clears throat> pre-workout. And this pre-workout, you know, it like gives you energy and stuff like that. Really, all it is is truckloads of caffeine. And it's really probably not that good for you, but I do it. And the other day, I brought it out, and I was about to put a little scoop of it in before I went to work out, and down here is like, don't do that. Like, come on, Lord. <laughs> now, here's the thing. How many know I can still do it? But the more I get in tune to just following Him, how many know He's not trying to shut my life down by telling me not to do this? How many know He's actually giving me life? He's giving me life. And so, when I, so, I, and so, I, so I dumped it in there, like Lily with the flowers. <laughs> I dumped it in there real quick. <laughs> And then I looked at it, but I could just, and it wasn't strong, it wasn't heavy, but it was just a tiny little, uh, and so then I poured it out. And you know what? I quit, and so I stopped doing pre-workout for like, for like a week, and, and, and you know what happened to me? I didn't get a headache. How I many know when you stop drinking caffeine, you get a headache? I mean, you do, if anybody's ever tried to do it before. And, and what, was, what was God doing? God was like, I got a road of deliverance for you out of this because you're addicted to this stuff. And you're drinking it all the time and it's not even doing anything for you because you have to have it. Now listen, check this out. Don't let condemnation come in. Well, I need to quit drinking coffee. I need to, I need to. No, 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 no. God may not be talking to you about that. Can I get an amen? God may be talking to me about that. God may be talking to you about something else. But anytime God is leading you to do something, He's not leading you into death. He's leading you into life. He's trying to help you. Can I get an amen? How many know He's a good Father, right? Amen. Praise God.
Man. Galatians 5, and we'll close right here. Y'all get anything out of this series? It's been good, hasn't it? God wants to bless you with life, man. He wants to help you. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Anybody ever had a time like that? Your flesh is saying, give them a piece of your mind. And your spirit is saying, shut up. <laughs> you know, your flesh is saying, eat all the little Debbies. And your spirit is saying, those are your kids. <laughs> only me, only me, only me, right? Oh, Lord, God help us all. Flesh lusts against the Spirit, Spirit against the flesh. There's still something inside of us that hasn't experienced redemption yet, and it's trying to do the wrong thing, but your Spirit's trying to do the right thing. These are contrary to one another, so you do not do the things you wish. But if you be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. What does that mean? Yeah, we're not under Ten Commandments in order to be justified in the eyes of God. How many of the Ten Commandments can't save you? They can't. They can't save you. How many of Jesus saves you? But, but here's the thing. The Spirit of God is never going to lead you to break any of the Ten Commandments. Y'all tracking me here? The Spirit of God is going to lead you into life and lead you into you looking and acting like Jesus. Now, closing right here, and this is what death looks like. You want to know what death looks like? We're going to read through it real quick, and we're going to read through what life looks like outwardly. Right? But if the Spirit, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. This is death. This is death working through somebody. Works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. How many know all of those things? How many know that's death? Right? That's death trying to work through somebody. How many know the Spirit of God will never lead you to do any of those things? Can I get an amen? Right? That's death. And then it goes on, it says, idolatry. How many of the Spirit of God is never going to lead you to worship a pastor? How many of the Spirit of God is never going to lead you to worship a movie star? Or a sports star? Or any person ever? Okay, get an amen. That's idolatry. How many of y'all, that's everywhere in our country. It's everywhere in the church and it's everywhere in Hollywood. No, no, no. We got one that we worship. We don't worship anybody else. Can I get an amen? So idolatry is death. That's death working in somebody. I mean, you know, people love to worship people. It's not good. It's death. Sorcery, witchcraft, all of those things. How many of those things are death? And if you look at that word in the, in the Greek, it's the word pharmakia. That's actually talking about drugs. That's death. But you know, and, and so we don't want any of these things working in our lives. We want life working. So if, some, if you see some of this, what's happening? Well, in that place, your flesh is having expression and it's leading you into death. Do you need to feel condemned and feel, feel, feel like God doesn't love you and God's against you? No, you just need to let the Spirit of God lead you into life. The Spirit of God will say, no, we don't do that. We do this. 
How I many know oh, this is life swallowing up death, putting to death the deeds of the body when you're led by the Spirit? How I many know oh, the Spirit of God will not lead you into idolatry or sorcery or adultery or fornication? How I many know oh, the Spirit of God is not going to lead you into that? Why? Because it's death. Right? And so if we see some of this death happening in somebody's life, what do we got to do? We've got to make a decision that, that we're going to choose to let God lead us and not the flesh lead us. We're going to choose to let God lead us and not the flesh lead us. We're going to choose to let God lead us and not the flesh lead us. How I many you know if you let a puppy just eat, drink all the milk it wants, it will eat itself to death? You know your flesh same way? If your flesh, that's why people go to jail. Because they can't control their flesh. And how I many you know, for me, there are some times when I needed to be in jail. Because I couldn't control my flesh. And jail is the safest place on earth for me. Right? But how I many you know God will lead you out of allowing your flesh to control you into the Spirit of God leading you. Can you get an amen? All right, this is death too. Hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. How many of you know that's death? <clears throat> How many of you know God doesn't want you living angry? God wants you living in peace. Now, you can still hate... How many of you know you can hate evil and still live in peace? How many of you know you can hate evil and still present the gospel to someone who's in sin. Well, I mean, no, you hate that evil, but you're looking to present a way out for them. Y'all tracking me here. Hatred, contention, jealousy, adverse wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresy, envy, drunkenness, revelry, the like of the which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we've looked at this in the past. It says practice. And the way the Spirit of God has always said it to me is this. Practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. How many know in this list, anybody ever made a mistake after being born again that's in this list? I dare say we all have, right? We've all made that, made that mistake. But how many know just because I stepped into death doesn't mean I stay there? Just because I stepped in dog poo doesn't mean I stay there. Y'all tracking me here. And so if you stepped into some of this, come out. You're better than that. How I many know oh, this is not your nature? You have a different nature. And it says that those that, that practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. How I many know oh, you can't abide and practice sin and flow in the kingdom? I know you're forgiven. I know you're a child of God, but... The condemnation alone from staying in that place of sin is going to rob you and, and, uh, and cause war to go on in your soul. Because how many know the enemy is going to hit you 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And you're not, and what is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen? <clears throat> so now let's look at what life is in closing. This is life working in us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. How I many know oh, not the world's love, but the kingdom's love? Can I get an amen? God's love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, if we live in the Spirit, how I many know we do live in the Spirit if we're born again? Let us walk in the Spirit. Are y'all tracking me here? <clears throat> so God wants to, God wants, how I many know God wants you full of joy? 
even in this crazy world. Why? Joy's strength. How many know joy will attract people to you? Can I get an amen? How many know that God wants you living in peace? Right? God wants you having long-suffering. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, most get excited about that. But it's all good. It's a part of it, right? Long-suffering is when you're dealing with something that ain't changing, but you're having patience and having a good attitude in the midst of it. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, good stuff. Amen. God wants us abiding in life. Praise God. Amen. He has life for us. Amen. He has life for us. Amen. And he's never going to lead you into death. He's always going to lead you into life. Why? Because he loves you. How many of you know as a father, I want good things for my kids? And I'm always going to, I'm always going to show them life. I'm always going to point them in the direction of life. Right? Amen? Because I love them. And how many know God does the same thing for us? Amen? So we're going to take a stand against death. We're going to choose life. Amen? And in choosing life, here's the thing. As I'm choosing life, how many know that it makes it easier for people to come and eat fruit off of my tree? How many know if, if I'm in Walmart condemned and angry, it's going to be difficult for people to see Christ in me? Yeah, man. For real. And so, how many know God, how many know the best way to sow a seed is through fruit? It's the best way. What's going to sow the seed of the gospel? All this life that we just talked about right here. It's what makes us different than the world. Not just the way we look outwardly, but the way we carry ourselves. Amen? All right, cool. Amen. So, that's it. We're done. I'm going to have to shut up. The Lord said, let my people go. Be quiet. (laughs) But Lord, I have more to say. But their butts are tired and they're, and they're hungry. <laughs> Leave them alone. Let them, let them be. So anyway, if you need to give all this morning, lift your hand up. We'll get one to you. Those of you that are watching online, if you want to give into our ministry, uh, gracepointgeorgetown.com. Those of you that sow in our ministry, thank you. We appreciate you. Um, and then just a few announcements here real quick. We're, we're going to do evangelism.